We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown! This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. It is the kickoff day of NFL Week One. We will have Thursday night football today. The show coming to you on Thursday. Of course, we have the whole slate of action coming this Sunday. I am super excited about it. With that, Sean, today we are going to look a little bit about managing zero RB in season. We're going to hit some of our bold predictions as well as to what we might guess or hopefully predict correctly on uh, that will happen this coming season and then we'll be looking through some of the updated zero rb list as well so it's going to be a fun one heavily zero rb themed but i think it'll be an interesting one for the listeners for ourselves to talk through and of course week one is here week one is here and it'll be uh, exciting to see what happens tonight right i've been chris on chris godwin all off season there definitely are lots of rumblings that he could get squeezed out by uh, this juggernaut buccaneers approach had to continually move up antonio brown through the off season as he managed to not uh, get himself rearrested or resuspended for uh, anything this go around and absolutely looks fantastic in camp tom brady looking like one of the best qb values Finally able to get a little bit of exposure there in our last sort of team RV draft where drafting with Curtis and the gang, Dave, Blair, we had Brown, we got Tom Brady. It's tricky, Colin, because the quarterback options so late. I mean, Joe Burrow looks like he could do similar things at a discount. You have Fields late, you have Lance late. You and I really like Matt Ryan and Ryan Fitzpatrick very, very late. And yet everything is now pointed toward Tom Brady having perhaps his best ever season, which is kind of crazy when you consider that he has uh, these four campaigns with at least 4,500 yards and 35 touchdowns. That's not either or that's in the same season. And so looking at that, looking at the fact that, they won the Super Bowl last year. This is the season where they try and break all their records, and Bruce Arians shows that he is a better coach than Bill Belichick when Tom Brady shows that he was the reason why the New England Patriots were good. A lot of times when we look at 
offenses that are going to be this great, we're thinking, okay, well, they're going to get ahead and then they're going to shut it down because you don't continue to pour on the points when you're up three touchdowns. Uh, you expose your guys to injuries. There's a little bit of a sportsmanship question. I mean, I think that the fans have paid for the full game and these people are professionals. You know, you should attack. You don't want to let the other team back into it. And uh, things like the statistics do matter for people. They matter not just for Tom Brady, but the other players involved. I mean, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, you know, Ronald Jones. I mean, these are guys who are, you know, working for their next contracts, all of this type of thing, working for their place in history. And so uh, I like the fact that you keep playing. I mean, this is entertainment for for all of us, right? It's no fun if you're actually shutting it down uh, at the end of the first half. I don't think that the Buccaneers are going to do that, right? I mean, there are reasons why they will approach this season differently than a similar team with this much talent might. And so, I mean, you also have obviously this contest with the Kansas City Chiefs of, you know, which is the best team in football. You have proven that at the end of last season with the Super Bowl smackdown with these two teams are going to be lighting the world on fire throughout the season. And I mean, there are bragging rights involved every week. And so we're set up today with this game with the Cowboys. The Cowboys have had some, you know, offensive line concerns, but you have this Thursday night spectacle with the three wide receivers with the Cowboys, the three wide receivers with the Buccaneers. Uh, had some Michael Gallup shares late. So I'm excited to see what he can do in this Thursday night game. If he were to have, you know, six for 120 and two, then he would be an automatic insert into those lineups in these contests where you can actually set your lineup after the Thursday night game. Then we'll have these FFPC drafts on Friday and Saturday. Uh, some other different formats drafting as well on those days. And those drafts will be a lot of fun. Colin, we're going to talk today about how to play zero RB in season, the season starting here, and then also some of our bold predictions. Now, everyone has heard our takes on uh, KJ Hamler and TJ Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift. We're going to get some different bolds in there for you today, but we start out with this idea of how do we play zero RB during the in season? Exactly, Sean. We have a question that did come in from Joshua Constantino on Twitter, and he was asking, is there an article on how we play zero RB during the season? Um, and then he says he has done the work. He thinks he has done a, a killer draft. So has the draft done? Has the team drafted? Now, just how do we do it in season? So first question, Sean, is there an article? Will there be an article? Or are we answering it here on the podcast as to, to how we roll in season? Well, I think that so much of it is kind of laid out in a variety of articles talking about how to do it. I don't think that it changes that much in season compared to how you would normally play any team, which is that we're looking to build this team through waivers to turn the bottom of the roster. But yes, Blair Andrews and I have been doing the zero RB watch uh, through the last several seasons, we have some other authors that get in there, work on this series as well. We have a ton of content during the season on running back, looking at you know who's getting the touches, who's scoring their points, how are they scoring their points, which guys do we expect to emerge, which guys do we expect to fall off, you know, what are the snap shares, the touch shares, all of these kinds of things so that readers can get a sense of the overall running back landscape, right? If you want to run zero RB correctly, it's kind of important not just to understand your own roster and a few of the guys who are on waivers, but who you might be looking at to get in a trade, 
all 32 teams, as much as you can understand about their running back depth charts and how they're playing it each week, what the opportunities might be if the guy gets hurt here, if the guy gets hurt there, who's going to emerge? Where are the explosive opportunities going to come from? Are there situations where an injury on this team would result in a big workload for the backup, whereas an injury on team two is going to give us a committee where neither guy is a clear start? You know, deciding between you know which guys do we stash and roster based on just kind of that scenario is very, very important. So we cover that on the site throughout the season. Some of these articles come out before waivers. Some of them come out after waivers. One of the things that I always like to encourage people to do is don't just think about it in terms of the high profile waiver pickups of the current week, right? It's not just, okay, well, I'm going to spend my waiver bid or my waiver priority to pick up the guy who is trending now. I need to be working to make sure my overall roster looks right. I have the right players stashed as we look to the following week, the following week. So we have a variety of articles that are targeted toward this idea of like next week's waivers and how do you get one week ahead of your opponent. So that's a big part of what we're wanting to do with Zero RB. Colin, what are some of the things that you're looking to do as you manage some of your teams that are very wide receiver heavy as we start to get into the season? Yeah, I would be, well, I'm going to read everything that uh, is up on the website. It's obviously a key trick, but uh, another part of that then is, like you mentioned, I think that's something that's not talked a huge amount about is a look ahead or a look forward. That'll work at all positions, but specifically if you have a heavy wide receiver build, you're going to be looking at help at the the running back position, but the same if you're in a league with kickers or defenses, for example. Teams might have a bye coming up. You might have to stash them for that week to get that prime matchup following the bye and similar for some of these players that you're adding to your waiver wire pickup list they might not just be coming straight in for that week but part of the goal is to manage that waiver wire budget as well and not to you know just go in week one spend 80 percent of your budget on one player turns out that he gets injured uh, halfway through that second game and then you have no waiver wire budget left for the rest of your season and you're kind of stuck so there is that way up of all the options that sean mentioned there in terms of the depth charter who has the possible upside as a league winner so not just a case of well if i take him on waivers now it'll give me you know 10 to 12 points in week two and i'll have somebody to put in as my rb2 rather than who's the guy that's you know going to get me 200 points over the rest of the season and help me win a championship so there's a huge amount that does go into it but i do think that two of the most valuable pieces on the internet that you can read are going to be the zero rb watch list um from sean and blair to be able to to check through and kind of comb through them all you can comb through all that yourself if you want but they have done the hard work and it will help you out a lot but i think a lot of it's just as well if you have some of the players on the roster that maybe you had a lot of expectation for going into the season if things are really going against them you know after three or four weeks we have to be able to to move on from them as well but you also have to have patience if things are maybe just not fully clicked into gear and those players you still think it's going to work out for as the season goes on to not cut too early and that can be a very hard part of it to balance and that was something i was going to ask you sean on it and those players that a lot of these guys that we're talking about were probably going to draft it in the you know between the 10th and the 20th round of your draft but there was situations last year those players that we were really excited about how things might go for them and it, it really never kicked off at all um can't remember i think it was last year as well like for example eno benjamin was somebody we liked in the the preseason and it, it never really uh came to fruition but what's your stance on on making those cuts you know it's hard to judge them at the exact right time but would you rather be too early to cut a player than too late or, or how do you judge that 
I think that you have to be ready to make moves and you have to be ready to be wrong, right? One of the things that I think we can get caught up in is this idea of, okay, well, if I had done this instead of this, I would have won my league and instead I lost. And if I had just known, but we're working with limited information, right? Anybody who tells you they know what's going to happen a week ahead of time uh, is misrepresenting how things work. So you're thinking in terms of probabilities, you're taking the best information that you have and working with that and then having the guts to make some moves. You're having the guts to uh, continue to stash guys that you really believe in, but taking in new information all the time. If a guy is someone you believe in, but he's buried at the fourth on the depth chart instead of having this immediate path, then you have to be willing to cut the player and then pay to get them back. It's not something where if someone had no value in week two and you cut them, and then in week 10, they have extreme value and you spend the rest of your waiver budget on them, that you somehow made a mistake. You played it exactly right. That's what you have to do. It's not something where you could have just kept them because all of those roster spots are very valuable to you. And so you can't afford to be burning them on players who don't have value at the time. And you can't be constantly second guessing yourself of, okay, well, if I had just done things slightly differently, I'd have a much better team. That's going to be true for you. It's going to be true for your opponents. It's true for zero RB and it's true for other strategies. One of the things that I do encourage, and this is kind of, you know, in many ways kind of goes without saying it's, it's true of fantasy football. It's true of other types of uh, probability type games that you might play uh, in the gambling sphere or just you know with your friends and family. Uh, it's true of life itself, which is that you know you have to be patient and you have to understand that there's no one way that is guaranteed to work. One of the things that we hear from time to time when people who do switch from a more normal approach to zero RB is they get off to a bad start or if they do execute it incorrectly, there are some, there are some things you can do wrong. Right? It's not like, oh, anything is fine. And we kind of talk about those through the different shows as well. But you can do things right and not win. And one of the things that you have to make sure you kind of keep in perspective is that that was also true of the other way to play. Right, We're trying to take – I kind of look at it as if you go into a league and there are 12 players, you probably have about a 1 in 10 chance of winning because two people are not going to really try. They're going to forget <laughs> that the league is going on. They're not going to make their moves. And then suddenly there, if you're in a league where all 12 people do try, then you're probably like one of 12. And if you move to zero RB, then you're taking yourself more to the one of six, one of five, one of four. You're not going to win every league. And if you approach it with this idea of I've got to win every league, I've got to have a hundred point gap by week six, you know, I've got to be destroying everybody or else it, you know, it doesn't work. Then you set expectations that are going to be really difficult to meet. What we're trying to do is improve our probabilities. And so part of that is just managing your own expectations through the draft. Now, over the last several years, zero RB has gotten a lot easier to execute because there's more running back depth. At the same time, some of the early advantages are mitigated a tad bit by the fact that someone can start with some running backs. And then if they go very wide receiver heavy after that, maybe they accomplish some of the same thing. So you have to look at the strengths and weaknesses. You have to look at some of the different tensions and sort of play your game. Every once in a while, we'll get a note from someone who is off to a bad start and they'll look at it and they say, I mean, every once in a while they're mad at us. Mostly it's just a matter of asking like what I could have done differently. And you'll look at their team and, you know, four of their top six picks were injured. And I mean, that's very bad luck. It's going to be hard to pull that team out. Although if you are zero RB, you're in better shape than a similar team would have been that's more traditionally drafted. If that kind of team gets four out of six, then you're almost certainly done. 
but you have to look at your injury luck and not blame yourself for it, but, but continue to try and fight through it, right? If, if you have this terrible luck, then yeah, I mean, you're probably not going to be five and one, four and two through six weeks if all your guys are hurt, but you can keep fighting. And sometimes these teams, you know, do come through. And so I think that's all part of it. It's one of the advantages of playing more than just the one team because the injury luck in just the one league in many ways, we'll just swamp the other things that are going on. But yeah, so we keep fighting through, provide a lot of information, try and keep churning these rosters. And again, this idea of I've got to do everything perfectly, that's setting yourself up for feeling bad about how you've played it, right? You want to feel comfortable, happy, excited, you know, root for your team, keep making moves and kind of let it see how it all plays out. You know, don't make any rash decisions about your team the strategy and then those kinds of things un until at the end i mean one of the things that i find in fantasy and in life is that if you have patience you let things go there's always time later when things have definitely worked out poorly to lament what's happened you know try not to spend too much time kind of in the middle lamenting it because it might still work out really well and then you know you've wasted this time being unhappy where you could have been partying and then at the end you know, you want anyway. And so enjoy all the way through, party through the things. There will be some moments to have uh, the sad sit around and, and be unhappy days if you win, but save those until week 16, week 17, and enjoy the rest of the way. Hey, Rotoviz Radio listener. This is Curtis Patrick from the Dynasty Command Center podcast, and I've got a special deal for you today. Go to rotoviz.com, click the subscribe button, Put the 12-month subscription in your cart and use promo code RVRADIO2021. That's RVRADIO2021. And you're going to save 10%. Taking advantage of this deal, getting your hands on what's included in the package is the best way to enhance your performance this year. So go to rotoviz.com and subscribe now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. 
Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And Sean, we're going to have a look now at the updated zero RB list. We do have two names to watch, and that is Jamar Jefferson and Jared Patterson. Uh, listeners to some of those recent drafts uh, that we did, we split up into podcasts. Um, we'll have heard Jared Patterson's name mentioned a few times. We've picked up on a couple of those. Um, and I have to say as well, uh, thanks to, I got, when we started in those draft series for a peek behind the curtain for the listeners, we were like, will people be frustrated that we're doing draft shows? They mightn't want to hear that. And the amount of positive feedback that has come in actually led to us doing more drafts uh, and recording them like that over the last kind of two weeks. And uh, probably the the most feedback I've got on any of the, the shows that we've done has been around the drafts because people were able to get a lot of thoughts on players and then obviously get to hear how, the likes of myself and Sean are drafting, the likes of Ben and the drafts that he did with Sean. And if you have listened to this and you haven't, for some mad reason, you haven't checked out Stealing Bananas yet, uh, Sean and Ben have done a couple of those drafts. There's actually one that's going to be released, if you're listening to this on Thursday, it was released on Wednesday, two different parts, but it's not the whole draft, it's just the parts where they're making those selections. So a different style of draft uh, to listen into, but uh, check out that two-parter as well. Um, A lot of great feedback, and we do appreciate uh, all the insights from the listeners. Thanks for listening along to those. But Sean, on the list, we have a few names that maybe weren't uh, there, and we have a we even have one where it's a either-or scenario. So um, I'm going to get your thoughts on uh, one of them uh, here to start off, and that is that either-or scenario, because I don't know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know if I've uh, seen you have the either-or version before in it, but it is Tevin Coleman or it is Ty Johnson, um, the Jets' backfield, and uh, obviously we, we hope that one of them will break out, as it's a situation that's going to be the two of them all season long, but what, what's your thoughts on the Jets' backfield? I think I may have done this one other time, and I kind of start the whole blurb out by saying this is a little bit of a cheat, which obviously <laughs> it's a cheat on your saying draft one of two guys here. It's like I've got to make a pick. The The idea here is that over the last week, I've seen Tevin Coleman go all over the place. I've seen Ty Johnson go. I mean, I've seen Ty Johnson go in the 12th round, which seems a little bit crazy when you consider that, number one, he doesn't have a lot on his resume, and number two, the Jets continue to say that Tevin Coleman is the starter. Now, it is one of these situations where we have a lot of skepticism about if the depth chart means anything, right? Because Tevin Coleman has not been very good or even available a lot in the last several years. And so one of the things that is kind of interesting, and and there are a few other names in the update especially in that kind of 15 through 11 range. And the idea of the update, obviously updates coming very late. It's not something where I'm saying, okay, I I think the readers are going to be doing a hundred more drafts. The idea is there'll be a few late drafts. You can use it for trades. You can use it for uh, the early waivers. Again, we talk about, you know, how do we play it in season? Well, as we get new information, we quickly need to move to different guys who have these roles in the backfields that look pretty interesting. And so I profile a number of guys actually who are veterans and we kind of like their profile, but it's like we liked it four years ago and now they're having these breakout camps and you're like, I'm a little skeptical because even players like a Le'Veon Bell somewhat recently who were superstars, not guys who are kind of 
you know, second, third stringers, but superstars who are supposedly good in camp. And then they go out there on the first Sunday and you're like, um, that guy's done. Right. <laughs> so, you know, we have some skepticism, but, and I think that's one of the reasons why with the jets we're looking at questions. But the idea here is again, this idea of humility, we don't really know what's going to happen. And we only have, if you're still drafting, you only have one of the 12 picks. If you're making your play in waivers, you have other people competing for these guys. So you don't know who's going to be the most available to you. And you don't really know who the guy's going to be. Try and create some exposure to the team by having one of the two, if you can. Right. So when the reason that these guys are not expensive is that they don't have the clear talent level for an NFL starter. Coleman, it's a point of no longer at this juncture. Johnson is this question of, you know, has he ever, and then you have Michael Carter in there who has dealt with some injuries and looks like he won't be ready at the beginning of the season. And yet uh, if there's a team and a guy where you think, okay, yeah, the first month is going to be weird and probably Coleman or Johnson will lead the backfield in the first month, maybe the first six weeks, but you get to mid season, it's going to be Michael Carter's show. So, you know, do we want to spend a draft slot do we even want to burn a roster spot on a team where number one we're not sure who the guy is going to be and then number two it's not going to be either one of them for a while but again we do want to have these last roster spots used effectively and so you at least get to see and there's that option that maybe they'll break out so if you've been looking at some of our guys like an anthony mcfarland like a darrington evans uh, some players who are going to miss the first three weeks because they did have those late injuries and so they are on ir those guys probably not the level where you have to keep them through that time period. And so you can move off of them. You want to, uh, you know, <laughs> kind of be trying to figure out where the point is to add them back before one of your league mates makes the move instead. But until then we look at Coleman, we look at Johnson. So just a couple of little thoughts on Johnson here, right? During a sophomore season at Maryland, he goes for over 1200 plus yards from scrimmage. He has 16 interceptions. He has them beaten out by McFarland. And so that's a little bit of a note where anytime you're beaten out by someone who's also probably not a starting NFL back, then that's a little bit of a red flag. But then he's got a 4-4-40 at 213 pounds. That's a 92 percentile RB freak score, which opens your eyes a little bit again when you're thinking, okay, well, if he gets some run in this offense, maybe that goes somewhere. You look at what he did with the Lions, both Johnson and Coleman, uh, two guys who were in the negative for fantasy points over expectation. With Coleman, it really jumps out to you because he did it with the 49ers, and you contrast that with what Mostert and Wilson were doing where they're blowing away uh, FPOA, and so you're thinking, well, that's that's not a great contrast. But Johnson, he's at minus 13 for 2019 with the Lions, gets cut early in 2020, goes to the Jets. He has two 17-plus point games down the stretch, though, and so you have this combination of youth, athleticism, health, and diverse skill set that in this offense is compelling. Right. And so we look at him as someone who, yeah, I mean, a 12th round pick was probably early, but drafters who are adding him at this point, that makes a lot of sense. So most listeners probably already drafted. He's on your waivers. Make him a priority. Don't overpay. You know, don't spend 60% of your budget. You know, if you're in a league where waiver priority is a huge deal and you have the first pick, you know, probably don't burn that to go in and add him on there. At the same time, if you can freely add him, uh, he's somebody you definitely want right now. Yeah, and I'm going to get uh, get ahead on one more here. You did mention on the show earlier this week that uh, Kenny Gainwell is somebody who um, you're very interested in heading into the season. Now, he does make the the update at spot 12. Um, thoughts on, on Gainwell? Obviously, 
I think this offense is going to be a lot more exciting. Uh, you know, it feels like one of those when we get to week three, people will be thinking, yeah, this series going to be fun to watch. Whereas at the moment, there's been so many questions around, is Hurts as a quarterback, do they want to trade for somebody else? Why do they not want to name the starter? All these different sort of things. We have injured wide receivers who haven't really shown a huge amount in their first year in the league, for example, with Rager. And I think we're going to see a situation where it comes out and it looks pretty good um, overall. So, Thoughts on, on Gainwell and uh, expectations in terms of season-long, I guess, as well, um, the early season and season-long for Gainwell? I think that they could use him the way Nick Sirianni used Naheem Hines last season. And Hines someone who, you know, yeah, I mean, there are some caps for the upside, but a very valuable fantasy role player. And again, this idea of how do you play zero RB during the season and do you have to have everything work out we do reference that team that Blair and I drafted a lot in part because it speaks to some of the strengths and weaknesses and what you need to have happen and what you could overcome right so that was a team that lost Julio Jones and still succeeded despite not having a first round pick it was a team that did have a bust at wide receiver because we drafted Nicole Hardman on that team but because he was the wide receiver seven the bust ended up not being a big deal. It was a team that drafted a lot of running backs, but didn't get a lot of value out of the drafted running backs. It was Hines and then a bunch of guys that we added through free agency. So you're looking at, again, always this idea of multiple paths to victory. Well, Gainwell, I think someone who presents a lot of upside where uh, even more than Hines, he's a little bit bigger. He's got the straight line speed. He has a sort of poor man's Jamal Charles element to him. And you read about the Eagles and you get the sense that he's going to carve out a pretty significant standalone value, right? An injury to Sanders is going to vault him into, I really think, sort of borderline RB1 territory. Even if you just get sort of mid RB2, you're definitely going to be benefiting at the price there. But, I mean, you're, you read about the Eagles. Miles Sanders is saying, okay, well, Gainwell has the best hands in the RB room. He's going to, you know, take some of these receptions. I mean, when you have the starters sort of enthusiastically admitting that okay these touches are going to be siphoned off i'm not going to have you know all of this work it's okay it's going to benefit the team the team's going to be good you know i would take that seriously and so i think that both what gainwell did as a collegiate player where you know we we mentioned before he played way ahead of antonio gibson and we know that gibson's good gibson had an excellent season last year as a rookie gainwell has the athleticism he has the camp performance uh, he's a guy who, even as the price creeps up a little bit, we want to have. So, again, if you drafted already, one of the things I'm looking at here would be like a two-for-two two trade or even a three-for-three three trade where you swap headliners that you think are somewhat equal and where your headliner is going to kind of get the attention in the trade. You put Gainwell in as the second or third guy, and you like that swap, right? You move Gainwell. You get Gainwell. You move one of your guys who maybe doesn't have as much value to you at that point and you get him back. So you can do that in a regular draft. You can obviously do that in Dynasty. He's someone I'd be trying to add there. I would agree with you, Colin. I think that the Eagles I, the Eagles are going to be one of these teams where it's exciting to see what they do, right? There's a very wide range of outcomes. They're also a team where I wouldn't take week one to be gospel. I think that they're going to need some time to move through this first month. I think week five, week six, week seven, we could see an offense that's pretty dynamic. You know, They have young players in Monte Smith. They've got Jalen Rager trying to emerge. They've got Quez Watkins, who's looked good. And so we're going to see some different things from them than what we see in the first couple of weeks. And I think you're just going to have to have a little patience there to see this full-fledged Eagles offense develop throughout the season. 
Yeah, I think that's the, the way to look at it. And Sean, uh, I would highly recommend the listeners head over, look up the piece on the website. There are a few we've covered this week so far, but the update to the Zero RB list and, of course, the original Zero RB list as well. Head on over, check those out up on rotoviz.com. We teased it at the start of the show. We're going to do some bold predictions at this particular point in time for what we think will happen in the NFL season this year um sean your first one is going to involve saquon barkley and i do think that it could be a situation in, in four months time we look back and think of the all-time value that was availed to people drafting saquon barkley in the second round well we're, we're tying this into the first show of the week a little bit and our actual drafts the exposures that we have we've got to stand behind these guys that we've picked uh in the two drafts that the team Rotoviz did the, the last two main events. We had the eighth pick, we had the 10th pick. And in the first one, we decided, okay, with the 10th pick, uh, Colin, again, it's one of these situations where you just, you don't always get what you want, right? We're going into the draft and our strategy is we're gonna take one of the three star wide receivers, or we're gonna take Darren Waller. We got to the 10th pick, Adams, Hill, Diggs, all gone. Darren Waller, gone. Like, okay, well, we're going to pick somebody else. <laughs> and so we take Saquon Barkley there. Then the funny thing that happened was the, pick, the team that we had the 108 selection on comes back in the second round, and Barkley is still there. And we're like, okay, well, we're going to again take Barkley. And so, yeah, ideally, we're going to have this all-time great value. It could go either way. But my bold prediction for Barkley is that he's going to start slow, but he's going to come out in the second half, and he's going to look like his rookie self where he scored 24-plus points eight times right and so i think he's going to hit that 23 plus level six times four of them are going to come down the stretch two of them are going to come in that week 15 to 17 time frame and he is going to be the running back league winner for 2021 yeah and i've seen sean on the website the bold prediction uh, piece that's up uh, predictions from different writers on on rotoviz uh, i did see that you had put in that a zero rb team was going to win the main event this year so Technically, does that mean uh, it can't be that team while Saquon Barkley is running riot through the playoffs? It, it does make it difficult, right? I mean, we want these bold predictions <laughs> to be fun. <laughs> We're also going to cover our bases. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, the zero RB team, right up until... So the other thing that has kind of happened, and this isn't that interesting, but we've been taking Tyreek Hill with the idea that Stefan Diggs does slide to us a little bit and that hasn't happened and ben and i did that several times and then we were also lamenting the not getting the 101 it was heartbreaking for ben so stealing bananas fans will have to reach out and and give him a little pat on the back as soon as i didn't do a draft with him i got the 101 and not only did i get the 101 in the first draft that i didn't do with ben but the team who drafted out of the nine spot who happens to be a listener to our various shows he takes waller in the first round and Diggs slides back around to him. So he was able to, to pick the Waller Diggs start. So that team, the nine slot in the draft where Blair and I have the 101, that is the team I am projecting to win the FFPC main event. It is a zero running back team. It's an astonishingly fun and good team. So, yes, we do have a zero RB team will win the FFPC main event in 2021. And uh, I, I'm going to jump in one, and this is uh, this one might be more in hope than judgment, but I do think, um, and I've thought this since like since James Conner was going in the 13th round, I've thought it, that he would win the job in Arizona. So I think that's the first part of the prediction. I don't know if that's all that bold. I don't necessarily think that he needs to actually win the job outright to have huge success. I think he'll have enough success 
as a, a one-two there um, with with Edmonds. But I, I do think it's going to be a situation that he wins that job. I think that puts him into a top 15. I had a top 24. I didn't think that was a high enough you know, projection to call the bull prediction. Didn't go all the way to top 12. I, I settled in the middle of uh, top 15 running back in points per game this year. I think we see something closer to what he was with the Steelers. And I also think that this offense is going to score more points than that Steelers offense and be more explosive. So I think that bodes well for him as well. So James Connor, Sean, is uh, the running back that I'm I, I'm putting the bold prediction in for. But what I'm hearing, Colin, is that you are predicting that James Connor is going to score 21 points a game like he did in 2018 when he was uh, the most important running back in the NFL. But I think he could be that again this year going at that, like, you know, I, I have drafts from a couple of months ago that he was going in the 13th round. So if we get him now, he's still going kind of in that 10th round range. I think he can be the guy who, if you have, can be the, the linchpin to those zero RB teams. So that's what I'm hoping. It's either going to be a really good thing for me or it's going to be a really bad thing for me. But we'll we'll live and die by the sword and uh, see see how it goes in twenty twenty one. But yeah, if we can get that uh, if we can get that sort of season, Sean, we'll be we'll be very happy. Uh, next up for you, we have a, a young tight end hoping to make the leap. Okay, but I'm not sure. Again, it, Chase Edmonds would have been the basis covering bold prediction right there. No, I, <laughs> I'm going with Mike Kosicki, right? He's basically a big slot guy. He's going to be a receiver, doesn't have to worry about the blocking. The Miami Dolphins are taking the next step. They have Will Fuller. They have Jalen Waddell. Those guys are going to stretch the defense. It's going to make it impossible for defenses to focus on Kosicki, who has athleticism in this range with guys like Kyle Pitts, like Noah Fant. Kosicki, big, athletic makes these twisting, twirling, uh, leaping touchdown grabs. I think he's going to look like the guy who scored 23-plus points in weeks 13 and 14 last year. I say he finishes as the tight end four in 2021. Yeah, I, I love Gusecki, and uh, the only thing that's held me back in some of these FFPC drafts on him is the leagues that you know are going to have playoffs and say, week 14 or week, you know, with, with the Dolphins having the bye week that week. But I am hoping that you're right there, Sean. One of my most uh, rostered dynasty tight ends and have drafted him a lot in the, the standard format of the, the best ball leagues as well. Uh, I was tempted to toss something in for tight end and go with Noah Fant, but um, we'll go with Gasecki. He can be the, the tight end here. I have enough invested in Fant uh, without the bull predictions. And I was interested as well, your thoughts on Hawkinson earlier uh, got me quite excited to, to see his season progress this year. I think it's going to be a monster one. So I do think we're going to have some tight ends really jump up here and uh, the young guys in particular is going to be a lot of fun at that position this is something sean that we've had on a couple of times and it's going to tie in as well with your last prediction but my one is that the Bengals are going to have three 1000 yard wide receivers this year um i won't go as far as and they all have double digit touchdowns uh, but we'll go with three 1000 uh, yard receivers and obviously that's an offense we've invested a lot in this year. There was the concerns around Burrow. They seem to be easing a little bit, so I'll be paying close attention to that Bengals game this week. But uh, yeah, all all ready for liftoff with the, the Cincinnati Bengals uh, this season. Oh, three one thousand yard wide receivers—that's just money in the bank, right? I mean, I, I was I was set for you to say one thousand yard double digit touchdown receivers. Oh, we I go mean, with oh, we go with double digits then too. Yeah. We'll go with, okay, let's go. Let's go with. Let's go with 10 TDs as well each. But that, that's given um, – well, I guess there isn't really the tight end story about there. Um, so that's we're still only giving Joe Burrow 30 touchdowns at that point if we have three by 1,000 and 10 touchdowns. So you have him as the QB4 as part of this prediction. So let's, let's assume that is going to happen. 
Well, right. I mean, if those touchdowns don't go to those receivers, they go to Joe Mixon, and we're we're not rooting for that. Yeah, Jamar Chase. So end up with him on five main event teams. He needs to be a guy who does pay out this amazing profile that he has. I say he comes on down the stretch, scores 120 points over the final eight weeks, soundly beats ADP, climbs up to the Higgins level, and makes Joe Burrow the QB4. And Colin, we talked about, I mean, at the beginning, I did this random, uh, well, rambling is what I meant to say there. I did this rambling soliloquy about the Thursday night game where the Cowboys, the Buccaneers, is going to be one of the greatest starts to an NFL season that we've ever seen. That gives a little bit of sense of the QBC has got to beat, right? Because they're going to come in there with Tom Brady. You have, obviously, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, who are very serious threats to push the record book kind of from a, a passing perspective. Allen obviously has the rushing value in there as well. And you have Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Getting up to the QB4 will be an epic accomplishment. It will be. So, uh, no, I think it's going to be – look, we think it's going to happen. We we think the volume's going to be there. So uh, let's let's hope it's a big season again for the Bengals and Burrow. It would be great to see him back uh, off that injury. It would be great to see Chase come in as a rookie and, and light things up and our all-time favourite and, and Tyler Boyd. And, of course, the listeners know how we feel about T. Higgins. So um, I think it's going to be – it's going to be fun. Uh, Sean, I want to throw one last one in here, and uh, it's not really a bold prediction, but it's it's my prediction for the NFL season, and that's that the uh, the, the Green Bay Packers and uh, their final season with Aaron Rodgers uh, win, win it all in, in 2021. We did predict last year around this time a Packers-Chiefs final in the Super Bowl. We get we came one game short last year, so uh, are the Chiefs going to get back there again? But this time they're going to lose to the Packers rather than the Bucks. <laughs> and then i'll let and then i'll let arn Rodgers join the broncos after that <laughs> well i mean he's got to get to a spot where he can take his beating from the chiefs you know twice a season not just in the super bowl i mean the chiefs are obviously going to get back where is the competition coming out of the afc you do have a lot of teams rising up in the nfc you the have the nfc west as perhaps an all-time great division you have the packers with one of the great all-time quarterbacks and then you have this Buccaneers team that really is trying to be sort of the NFL's version of the Death Star. You've got the villains there in Tampa. And so, yeah, I mean, we had to have last season because things were going too well for the Kansas City Chiefs, the best story in football, the best story in sports. Uh, the reason you have the villains, so the same reason that, you know, you have the Death Stars, that you have to set up this hurdle to overcome the storyline turns back to a very positive, happy finish in the 2021 season. Yes, and that positive, happy finish that Sean was mentioned is the Packers winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I, I can't wait. Um, I, I think we'll be pinching ourselves. I know we've seen preseason football, but it's going to be it's going to be fun uh, to watch along. But that will get us towards the end of today's show. As always, if you can drop us a written interview in your favorite podcast app, we do appreciate that greatly. We have seen those numbers rise uh, in those ratings. Let's keep pushing that. Um, I think we're heading towards 130 at the moment, so drop them on whatever uh, podcast platform you listen to. I know it's a little more, more tricky if you're not listening on Apple Podcasts, but uh, 
leave a written interview. We do appreciate it. As always, you can get yourself a 10% listeners-only discount to Rotoviz NFL Pass. You can do that by adding the code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. We're going to rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for further information. We will be looking again for your listener recommendations uh, throughout this season. We usually drop those on one of the later shows in the week. So do start sending those in. You can send them my way at Overtime Ireland on Twitter, or you can email them across at rotovizradio at gmail.com. And that's going to do it for today's edition. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. My co-host, as always, is Sean Siegel. Check out his work up on rotoviz.com, including the pieces we talked about today. Until we're back on Saturday with another podcast, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime and Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com